Welcome, friends, to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers, where artists support artists. Our multi-generational and multi-genre community is always open to new members. Go to www.roundtablewriters.org to learn more. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Thanks for listening. From poetry and the profound to practical portraits of the writing life, from genres of the fantastic and romantic to matters of the stalwart dramatic, welcome to Roundtable Radio, a Roundtable Writer's production. Soft breeze is blowing, new green and glowing sun, warmly shining, melting the snow. Brook lets the hurry onward, they scurry down to the ocean gleaming below. Wake, oh my heart, and join in. New life is stirring, earth is reborn. For love is swelling, gay carouseling, sorrow and gold must go. Welcome, friends, to Round Table Radio. Happy New Year to you all. Happy 2022. I hope that everyone is following their passions. I hope that it's really shaping up to be a good and quiet year for you. I hope you have your booster shot. Excuse me if I sound a little bit stuffy today. I am getting over a week cold and my nose is still pretty stuffed. So I hope you'll bear with me. (laughs) I have a pretty great episode for you today, a news episode, which includes a look at a huge amount of content that just became public domain material and a glimpse into an indie publishing house merger that bodes really well for the industry as a whole. But before we get into all of that, I want to open the door to you, the listener. If you're listening to this podcast without having visited our website, www.roundtablewriters.org, or our community spaces on Discord, you might not know how to contact us. We address a lot of different material here on our podcasts, and we always want to leave the door open. We want everyone to feel comfortable bringing us their questions and their comments. To be clear, Roundtable Writers and Roundtable Radio are both managed solely by me, Odin Halverson, with the support of our sole permanent volunteer, Kim Ravenwood. Other contributors may be members of the group, but all comments and questions about the organization will be addressed by me personally with the advice and input from Kim. We strive for a diverse, passionate, thoughtful, and kind environment here at RTW, and it's therefore vital that anyone listening to our podcast feels free to reach out to us at any time. Therefore, you can always reach us at rtw.community at gmail.com. Again, that is rtw.community at gmail.com. Now, in addition to this, I plan to open up the podcast to listener comments and questions in the future. Uh, I'm actually working uh, out a way that this could be a audio comment system. So this would allow people to send in their own recorded audio questions and comments that would then become a part of our episodes. I'm very excited about that, but 
it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out how to implement that. And uh, of course, I expect the the influx of questions to be, you know, relatively small at first, uh, since we are a new podcast. Meanwhile, I'm also looking into having guests on the show in the coming year, either toward the end of RTR season one or as we move into season two. If you are a writer or know an author you'd like to recommend for an interview, reach out to us at rtw.community at gmail.com. We'd really be excited to have some more guests from the indie and the self-publishing worlds, um, book review worlds. Seriously, if you're if you're anywhere in the literary community and you feel like you would like to have a voice here on RTR, reach out to us. We're really excited to make these community connections happen. All right, now let's jump into our main content for the day, and let's take a look at what the Smithsonian calls a massive library of music, as well as a couple of extremely important literary works that have just hit the public domain. This is a piece written by Livia Gerson, a daily correspondent for Smithsonian Magazine and published on December 29th of 2021. Winnie the Pooh, an Ernest Hemingway classic and a massive library of sound recordings, will enter the public domain on January 1st. That means, folks, that it's now in your hands, and this is very exciting. So let's dive on in. Livia writes, When writer Benjamin Hoff published The Tao of Pooh in 1982, using A.A. A. Milne's famous stories of adventurous stuffed animals to illustrate the principles of Taoism, he agreed to pay the Milne estate a third of hardcover and 40% of paperback profits. As of the start of 2022, any other writer wishing to reuse some of the original Pooh stories would have no need to reach that kind of deal. Like many other works first published in 1926, the original Winnie the Pooh enters the U.S. public domain on January 1st. As Duke University Law School's Center for the Study of the Public Domain explains, copyrighted books, films, and songs from that year, along with sound recordings from 1923 or earlier, have become available to be shared, reused, and remixed without permission or fee. That also means that Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, silent movies starring Buster Keaton and Greta Garbo, and poem collections by Langston Hughes and Dorothy Parker are available to anyone who wants to make them available to others or use them in their own original work. Now, while copyright laws in many countries allow works to go into the public domain 70 years after the death of the creator, in the United States, a 1998 law states that most become public 95 years after their creation. The implementation of the law meant that there was a gap in works entering the public domain between 1998 and 2019. This this law was actually something that uh, we'll get into in the future, in uh, future episodes about copyright law and the uh, evil machinations of Disney Corporation. But uh, yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> So since then, uh, new books, films, and written music have been trickling in each year, allowing for the creation of various versions of classics. 
For example, after F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby entered the public domain last year, creators invented a graphic novel adaptation, a version of the story in which Gatsby is a vampire, and another told from the perspective of the character Jordan Baker, uh, reimagined as a wealthy Vietnamese-American woman. <laughs> Alison Flood reported this from The, uh, from the Guardian. Musicians have also reused a variety of compositions, including jazz and blues from the 1920s, in creative ways. So, anyway, this is extremely, extremely exciting. We are suddenly, we suddenly have access to a whole new swath of, of really wonderful material. And as artists, we do really well when we can share, we can, when we can openly communicate our ideas to one another, and when we don't have to worry about getting sued by some giant corporate monopoly that owns the rights to an obscure piece of music or even a poem that we love or a book that we love. That's one thing to make sure that you are protecting authors' rights because the act <laughs> authors don't make any money. <laughs> so if somebody goes ahead and, uh, you know, tries to pirate an author's book, uh, you're, you're taking money directly out of that author's pocket. But when it comes to these kind of broader issues of public domain, of copyright law, honestly, the only people who ever really win under those are the giant corporations that steal everyone's money. So it's really nice when we can have some more content like this coming through into the public domain. Uh so let's go ahead and take a look at some of the literary items that are now available uh, in the public domain. As mentioned, we definitely have A.A. A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh. This is very exciting. Also note, however, that this is the original Winnie the Pooh. This is not the Disney-fied version. So if your bear is wearing a red shirt, that bear is not public domain. Be very careful about this because uh, Disney is evil. <laughs> we also have The Sun Also Rises, Ernest Hemingway's novel. This is actually a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book um, and incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, something that Virginia Woolf described as creating an atmosphere that is fine and sharp like that of winter days when the boughs are bare against the sky. It's something quite beautiful uh, and tells of the lost generation coming to age during World War I. We also have Enough Rope. This is Dorothy Parker's first published book of poetry from the jazz age. Um, here is a little, a little snippet of one unfortunate coincidence. By the time you swear you're his shivering and sighing, and he vows his passion is infinite, undying. Lady, make a note of this. One of you is lying. <laughs> so it's a, a wonderful play on some of those romantic cliches. We also have The Weary Blues. This is another debut poetry collection, and this one is actually by Langston Hughes, one of my favorite poets. This is ex incredibly exciting. And uh, let's see, we also have some other uh, really cool pieces, such as one of Buster Keaton's films, Battling Butler, and The Temptress, starring Greta Garbo. With all of this great material out there, I think you're going to have a lot of fun, and I think a lot of artists are going to be creating new content using this original material. At least, I hope that they will. 
All right. So that that is pretty exciting. But the good news doesn't actually end there. We also have a really, really cool merger between two small indie presses that is likely to shake up the industry in some really exciting ways and provide a new gateway for indie releases in the years ahead. This sort of thing is vital if we're going to stem Amazon's terrible monopoly on the ebook and audiobook realms. So let's get into that. This piece was written by Jesse Damiani for Forbes. Um, Chapter House is turning a new page for indie book publishing. The merger of indie presses Black Ocean and Not a Cult into a new publishing group offers new paths for competitive small press publishing in the digital era. As... Debates about the metaverse, rage on, a new development in publishing is proving that digital transformation is core to the future of one of the most legacy media formats in existence, books. Today, two prominent indie presses, Black Ocean and Not a Cult, officially announced a merger forming the Chapter House Publishing Group, and this was January 4th. The move is intended to be greater than the sum of its parts. In addition to the two aforementioned presses, Chapter House will also stand up a raft of additional imprints. Psychonaut Press for speculative fiction and nonfiction with editor-at-large Cherie Renee Thomas. Tetra House for self-publishing services and strategy. Kin Garden for children's books and books for parents. Sauce Press for cookbooks and other food-related books. And as... And, uh, and an as-yet-unnamed imprint for esoteric arts and ideas, with discussions of bringing on writer, curator, and host of the Witchwave podcast, Pam Grossman, as editor. With this merger, Chapter House becomes one of the few U.S. indie publishing groups with a presence on both coasts and has earned a new deal with prominent indie book distributor Consortium. I'm going to skip around here a little bit in this article and just bring up a couple of really excellent points that they make here, which is contrary to what some might expect, book sales have actually increased in the 2020s, seeing a rise of 8.2% in 2020 and an 18.5% increase in the first half of 2021 compared to the first half of 2020. So that's a that's a huge difference there and really exciting. It actually makes sense, though. I've heard that this is something that often happens during times of economic upheaval. Books are, in a certain sense, a luxury industry, but they are also a very cheap uh, luxury industry. So when people can't go places and do things, and when your crummy capitalist society is not providing the necessary support so that people can actually go out and live their lives, uh, then they need to stay in. And one of the easiest ways to entertain yourself at home is with books. So it makes sense that book sales are increasing. Hopefully, though, that this is also a continuing trend and we're just looking at a more literary and literary, literary involved culture in the future. So this really does start to break up the the dominance of the big five publishers even more they were already struggling but seeing this sort of thing happen with new indie uh, publishing houses becoming a major force i think i think we're looking at a really cool um really cool chunk of time ahead 
So keep an eye on that. I'm sure that there will also be some positions opening up with some of those imprints. So if you are looking to get into the publishing world, this is probably a pretty good time to do that. All right. Well, (laughs) that's it for our news segment today. I hope you found that exciting. I know we're running a little bit long here on our uh, usual attempt at a 15-minute segment, but I do want to end with one of my favorite short poems for the new year. I think that Ella Wheeler Wilcox's The Year is one of the most rhythmical and profound short poems that sums up so much of what the passing of a year feels like, but especially in this case, what it feels like as we move into the third year of this strange pandemic period and a new and more complex future. Eller Wheeler Wilcox's The Year. What can be said in New Year's rhymes that's not been said a thousand times? The new years come, the old years go. We know we dream, we dream, we know. We rise up laughing with the light, we lie down weeping in with the night. We hug the world until it stings, we curse it then and sigh for wings. We live, we love, we woo, we wed. We wreathe our brides, we sheet our dead. We laugh, we weep, we hope, we fear, and that's the burden of the year. All right, that's it for today, folks. As always, I hope you go easy. But if you can't do that, if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Roundtable Radio is brought to you with the generous support of our Kofi patrons. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Kofi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Our music is Spring off the 1941 album Folk Songs of the Americas and uploaded to the Internet Archive by the Cowley Austin Foundation. Roundtable Radio is made available under the Creative Commons license BYNCSA. This license allows reusers to distribute remix, adapt, and build upon the material in any medium or format for non-commercial purposes only, and only so long as attribution is given to the creator. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.